Hi, you're listening to WRVH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today in studio with me, I have Gerald Duhon with Nogi. He's the new executive director. And there's all kinds of great stuff happening down here on Howard Avenue at the Circle. So thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, inviting me in. And I tell you, I, I, I'm, sometimes I still scratch my head. Yeah. I've been here just a matter of weeks at this point, so I'm really new, so you better ask me all the easy questions. Well, I kind of giggled a little bit because I knew you had been here for just a couple of weeks because word gets out in New Orleans, and then the press release came, and I said, Gerald has the nicest press team that they let him get his feet wet for two weeks (laughs) before they they put us out there. Right, right, before the onslaught started, right, of of folks saying, hey, wait a minute, we want to talk to you, right? Well, I know you're New Orleans, born born and raised, and you're so passionate about the city and have a, a history kind of in food philanthropy. I, I got to ask, what, how'd, you, how'd you end up here at New Orleans? Yeah, so it's crazy, crazy story. And it, it is, I, I've been in the nonprofit sector for 25 years, um, but it is, you're right. It's like without knowing it, I've taken an, um, um, an angle on the food side. So really... Um, I would say, you know, an early job that really helped propel me in that area was I spent five years at Second Harvest, and I was on their uh, fundraising team, um, and that really opened up my eyes um, to the power of food, um, where food stands. No one, you know, people that may have barriers in their life or goals that they're trying to meet, and they need help assisting and getting to those goals, can't meet any of them unless they have some of those basic needs, right? Food, shelter, clothing. And I had never worked in an in a area like that. I'd worked at other great nonprofits, but not what I would call a core social justice issue. And so that the light really went on for me when I was at Second Harvest and the time I spent there, which I loved. Um, and uh, I know you do a lot of disaster work there, and I, I saw that firsthand when I was there and loved being on that team. And then, you know, the, the next real formative uh, place for me was um, Cafe Reconcile. And I was fortunate enough to go in there and, you know, Harry Thompson, who started Reconcile, was someone who taught me in high school. So I had a familial relationship with it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love the food scene. I love to eat. I love to cook myself at home. And um, it all felt really good. And then when we were able to build um, a community there and, and able to really affect imp- change through food there um it was it was unbelievable and i will add there's nothing like the energy of of youth and young people in the building just make everything different right i mean the the building when um the interns are not there would just feel different right the the the, literally, it felt like there were different bricks in the building because it, its identity was so different. So that was all extremely um, rewarding, and um, and it was a fabulous job. And I was there just over six years, and um, as our executive director, and uh, just got this call uh, one day, and um, it was, "Hey, you need to think about this or look at this place." And here I am. Um, and so, you know, I, I knew about Noki and. 
you know, was very aware of it, but, um, you know, now obviously I'm, I'm learning a lot more as we go through. And so now the, the media interviews begin and we're going to ask you all the tough questions. From day one to now and where you see Noki going in the future, what do you think the, the opportunities are? For, for chefs in the community going through the program and for Noki itself? It's vast, right? And so, you know, one of the things, so T. Martin is our board chair. T, of course, one of the proprietors at Commanders, um, one of our lead, leaders in the culinary industry here locally. You know, T pointed it out to me, like, you know, she feels like New Orleans is falling behind some of the other cities from a culinary point of view. That, that, seems, that seems crazy to say something like that, right? Um, you know, why would New Orleans fall behind Austin or Nashville? We're New Orleans, right? And it's like, well, you can't just be New Orleans, right? You've, you've got to continue to work at that and hone the craft. And the thing that really kind of like focused it in for me, at least personally, like as I've sorted out in my head, it's like, well, what makes New Orleans really unique, right? And I think if you whittle it down or ask enough people, it'll come down in my mind to two things. And some people may bring up a third and say architecture. Okay, architect folks, I'll give you that. But to me, it's the food and the music, yep. right? There's absolutely no doubt about it. And so we've got this vast infrastructure of what's feeding our mus- music industry. You know, we have, you know, we have a robust tradition of, of, you know, street performers. And, you know, we have marching bands and we have school music programs. We have the roots of music. We have instruments that come in. We have NOCA. You know, the list can go on. And then we have a lot of the private, um, you know, mentorship that takes place sometimes formally with where dollars are exchanged you know for lessons sometimes more informally but there's an entire structure and I think of someone like John Baptiste who just won all of his Grammys a year ago it's like you know what other community would have produced John Baptiste and where he is right now for the success he has and so there's this whole like way that 18 year olds can pick up a trumpet and play St. James Infirmary just like it was played 100 years ago where is that on the culinary side? And it is not there. If it is, I'm waiting for someone to tell me. I know Noka's got a culinary school, and that's great. And they do great work. And Delgado does great work with what they do. But, like, it, it takes more than just a few places. But, like, where's the, the grassroots effort? The ingrained tradition of no the training. No doubt about it. And so T's absolutely right. It's like, you know, we need that in, in our community to keep the next, the next level. And... Now, I, I also feel that there's like a lot of influence in our kitchens around town, you know, that the, the storm brought all this new talent into town, which is great for all of our industries, you know, and it's great that we may want to do Israeli food or put curry in our gumbo and, you know, naming two of my favorite places, which are all great things. But it's like we still need to play our St. James Infirmary. Right. And, and we need to know, like, what is uniquely ours. And yes, the and yes, the the. The culinary standards should change and move with the modern times and always keep up, but we always need to know how to do the classics and, and, and realize absolutely why shrimp creole is important, what it means to the city, you know, what does it taste like, what it should be like, and what's the history of it. And so things like that, I'm, I'm down with that. Like I'm, I'm, I get it and I'm like, that really resonates. As someone who enjoys the restaurant scene, someone who likes to cook, someone who likes to eat, I get it, you know, so it's like, let's let's go through with that. And, and, and that's where Noki comes in. Now, as far as where Noki's going and the students that are here, what type of, what are the students learning? Are they just learning how to make Louisiana cuisine? 
when they finish the program, what's your goal for them? Yeah. So we are a certificate program. So it's a, it's a formal culinary training program. We have other uh, avenues for people that may want to come and, and you know, take a uh, brush up on a class or, uh, or maybe they're just quote unquote civilians that aren't looking to get into the business but they want to learn better baking techniques or whatever it may be. We have those classes, right, on the side. But but this is for someone that wants to work back a house, right, or open up their own business or go. And so um, it is designed to be an accessible way for someone to achieve a culinary certificate. Now, what I mean, say accessible. That was going to be my next question. What what, what I mean by that is, number one, we're, we're in New Orleans. And so, although we do have people that, that come in from out of town, and we love the out-of-town people who come, we're here in South Louisiana. So we're available to the people of, of New Orleans and South Louisiana. So that makes us accessible. The other thing is the relative inexpensive cost of our program as opposed to other programs. And so if we're gonna go into a two or four year school and get a formal culinary certificate, that's gonna cost perhaps $100,000 or more to go through that. Um, we're $16,000 here, right, is, is the cost. And there's scholarships available, and, and you know, we have other forms of, of rebate that are there, but our rack rate is $16,000 um, on the end. So that makes us more accessible. And then the other thing, which I think is a key, which is, which is a positive, and then it's also a challenge for us because of the speed, we're a 100-day program. And, and, and so that's about a six-month time period. It's 100 working days. So that translates to about a six-month period. So we get you from start to finish to that certificate faster than if you would go to a two-year school or something of that nature. So, you know, from a from a content standpoint, you know, it's it's moving fast, and we cover everything. You know, so we start on the front side of sanitary skills and knife skills and things of that nature, and then we move through basics, right? Meat fabrication, for example, and things of that nature, stocks. But we will spend time on vegetables, right? plant-based foods. We'll spend time on international cuisine, right? Of course, we cover New Orleans cuisine as well. So it, it's really a, you know, a, a full experience because it's only 100 days. You know, we don't spend a ton of time or, or delve into it for too long. We keep moving, right? Uh, but there's always a chance to brush up or, or to branch off in some of those areas. Whenever you talk to the students about that program, what are they seeing as the benefit of that 100-day certification but so you know most of our students come to us with some cooking skill already or most of them cooked at home or they have an interest that you know they're, they're here because it's in them right and and it's I think what they're looking for is to take that next step and and to really like learn how to professionalize that know how to professional kitchen runs um, understand all the basic terminology certainly what's expected you know as part of their part of their curriculum and their graduation standards they have to serve in an externship at a location. So I think there's a number of things that, that are there that, that they do that really will get them from that, you know, either that line cook in a restaurant or home cook to that next level of where you can be in line for management within a back of house space or have your own space or do your own thing, right? That's what you want to do. We hear that frequently from our students too. Now, with some of the things that you're doing, yes, we're talking old school shrimp creole, but they're they're learning all the basics, the classics, and I'm sure that students are are getting expired, inspired, not expired, inspired. Uh, how are y'all fostering their creativity so that they can 
be a little more innovative once they get the the foundation set. Yeah. So I, I think one of the ways is our pop ups. You know, which which we do. Um, so uh, you know, towards the end of each. So right now. Noki does not have an operating restaurant, right? Most culinary schools have an operating restaurant. You can go to it. We have a wonderful restaurant in our space called Twisted Waffle. Um, they're an external tenant, so they're not Noki affiliated. They're just in our space, but they serve great breakfast. So if you're ever looking for a great breakfast spot, come on down and check out the folks at Twisted Waffle. Um, but what we do do is towards, as our certificate students get towards the end of their tenure with us, um, they come up with concepts of a pop-up restaurant and they pitch the ideas and then one idea is chosen and the students follow through with that and so you know frequently you know we've had barbecue spots and we've had more bistro type type of ideas that have been out there um, and it gives a range of options um, and of course what we have now is Sai, which is an Indian um, and very plant-based although not strictly plant but very plant-based uh, menu that gives um, a, a very different type of experience, you know, that's out there from perhaps what you see in New Orleans elsewhere, but also for our students. So that creativity can shine, like it, you know, in the pop up with um, you know whittling down the recipes and what's there. Um, but yeah, so that's a that's a pretty cool thing. So the students came together, they pitched their ideas, Correct. and they said this this idea for a plant forward kind of uh, inspired by Indian cuisine right. with Louisiana roots was their direction. What has it been like to, to hear about or to watch these students get ready for the opening? Yeah, I think it's, I think the first word that would come to mind is stressful, right? <laughs> so, I mean, they're stressed out right now, right? I mean, so the, the, the restaurant, it, it's gonna run for about 10 days. Right, and it opens up on February 4th is, is the first date, and then runs the following week and, and the week after that. Um, you know, but it's just a limited run, and that's it. But you're literally opening a restaurant. Now, of course, we've done it before. We've been in this space before, but the students haven't done it before. Right. So it's their first time through. So it is stressful. So right now, I'm sure they're excited. I'm sure they're losing sleep because at the end of the day, it's like, uh-oh, you know, we've got... It's thing. real now. It's real. We've got to pull <laughs> this off, right? So um, I was meeting with some of them uh, just the other day, and you know, part of it is like we we want a little more time to define our concept and spend a little less time in class, you know. So they're they're they're, they're feeling that pull, right, in where it is. So um, so it is uh, it is fun to watch, um, and you know, I'm first. I'm sure the first day is like every other restaurant opening. Um, I, I just had one of our board members. Uh, book lunch with me at 11 a.m. on the day it opens. So I'm just like, you know. <laughs> You're going to be that guy. Yeah. I'm like, you know, <laughs> let's uh, let's hope it all goes off just as we planned, right? I haven't told him that yet, but it's like, uh, <laughs> Dr. Lewis, if you're listening out there, we're going to have fun. It's, uh, it's going to be okay, I promise. Well, I think y'all are going to have a great meal. I'm I looking so. at yeah. the menu right now, and for my listeners out there, uh, Sayu means from the eye, the sun was born, yes. and they're going to take you on a journey of flavor. Don't and you just love other languages I, I, that, I can, love that can boil down an entire phrase to one word? This, this is like a, a, a poem. You know, let Sayu take you on a journey of flavor where we invite you to indulge not only with the mouth, but a feast with the eyes. Well, there you go.
Look at so that. I think there's a future voice work, <laughs> voiceover work. Well, and I think there, that there's some great uh, creativity in the writing that the students have. I'm looking at the menu and a huge fan of Indian cuisine, and I see they're using things like Louisiana citrus and charbroiled local oysters with just a spin on adding some chili butter or some garam masala. And yeah. I imagine it's going to kind of wake you up when you go to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely different experience taste bud wise, um, you know, but it's also one of those things where, you know, there is a lot of similarities between, for example, Indian cuisine and, and South Louisiana cuisine. And it's like, you know, we're just using a different spice base of, yeah. of what we're doing here in South Louisiana. And so I think that's the point they're trying to make and, um, and to where they are. And, um, you know, I think that's a, you know, I think that's where, for those that come and dine, they can see where the things will come through and, 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 um, and really cross over. With this pop-up, it seems like there's also an opportunity for diners to give back by being a part of this process. Well, it's a unique opportunity. I, I, I think the first part of the unique opportunity is just the fact that you can eat at Noki, right? And so normally we're not open to the general public. I mean, we have events here and, and that's in our space, but, you know, you're not able to often walk in and have lunch here. So there's that opportunity. But yes, um, Noki is a nonprofit and uh, we have to fundraise, right, to, to make ends meet and, and to make sure that we stay open and continue our mission of helping our students achieve their culinary certificate. And so the proceeds of Sae go towards our scholarship program in, in this respect. And so, yes, it is a way to kind of enjoy it, support the students, but then, you know, the dollars that are put forth is, is kind of a double down to what we do and, and to our work that's here. And that scholarship program, is that something that's opening up accessibility to students who wouldn't normally be able Absolutely. to attend? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I mean, you know, tuition is 16 plus. Um, you know, but we do have scholarships available for that. And, you know, we rely on the community to fund that scholarship effort, right, and where it is. And so we have a lot of very generous donors that have done that. But now, um, you know, we're in multiple iterations of the pop-up because it happens after each cohort. Um, and this cohort special because it has baking and pastry and culinary arts in it. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's a, um, it's a great way to get back. Now, these students, they're, they're finishing up their, their training, they're, they're doing their pop-up, they're going out into the world, feeling empowered with new skill sets. What do you think the biggest challenges that culinary students or anyone in the industry is facing right now? Yeah, so we have a changing industry, right? Our, our industry is definitely changing. Um, you know, I think some of it is normal change. Um, I, you know, I, I think COVID definitely accelerated a lot of that change as it comes. Um, and so it is, um, I think very few restaurants, front and back of the house, are properly staffed right now, right? And so that's a challenge, right, in of itself. So you're probably going into a space of where you may not be as specialized, which is good and bad. Um, you know, I don't know that most of our back of house folks could work any faster or with more urgency than they currently do, um, but that's gonna become even more important as they go. So it is different. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that the pay has become a little bit better as it's becoming more competitive to, to get folks out there. Um, if not, then, you know, there probably are some places in the city that it is um, and, and would work out. But, you know, I, I think the challenges now are 
you know, certainly around staffing and the labor. And of course, I'm sure you've talked about that a good bit on this program and, and your, your own experience in the sector. And you see it, you see it out there from diminished capacity to, you know, ability to accept um, reservations, whatever it may be, right? It's, it, it's all impacted. And then I think you've just got the, the, the normal, you know, transition from student into actual work and back of house. And so, you know, that's an entirely different thing, right? And so before it was, your, your goal was to learn and execute and, and to show. Now your, your goal is, you know, to, to get the product as it's envisioned and sell it and, and, and get it out the back of the house, right? And so it's a different, entirely different goal that's there. What, you know, if you close your eyes and in a perfect world, you know, what are your dreams for the future of the culinary arts industry? So, um, you know, my bosses may not want me to say this, but we need more Nokis, uh, you know, and so we, we can only train so many. Right, that are here. Uh, I mean, like we're at, we're basically probably at forty percent capacity. So I'd, I'd love to see us get to one hundred percent capacity. I mean, part of that is around making our program more accessible and more affordable, and we're taking um, intentional steps towards doing that. Um, so that is definitely part of it. But I would also like, you know, the tradition in the culinary arts to be similar that we spoke about earlier, the tradition in music, which is that there's that mentorship or that. You know, I mean, how many of our chefs who have become world famous learn the cook in the kitchen next to a parent or a grandparent or whatever it is, right? They, you, you learn that initial love of what you're doing, but then, you know, you learn a certain way. You know, I, I, you know, personally, like, for example, you know, whenever I'm doing the Trinity, I always just do onions. Like, I, I, because I find that my bell pepper and my celery kick off too much water. I want my onions to really get that sweetness out. So I let them work first. And then I'll go back and put the rest Same. of my trinity in, right? And then I'll add the garlic at the very end. And so, you know, like that's a, yeah, sure, you can learn that in culinary school. But like, I think like even if I went to culinary school and I was taught something else, I would probably still do it that way because that's what I watched and saw my grandmother do. And that's how, you know, it's, so it's like, that's how I went to it. So it's that informal mentorship that really like makes Amy's dish different than Gerald's dish, right? And you put your imprint on it and whatever may be there. It may be the same set of ingredients, but there's a technique that's involved or a certain way that you nurture that material uh, to get it to uh, perform a different way. So yeah, I, I, I would like, I, I love the formal culinary piece and I think that's critical for us um, as an industry to constantly have that as where it is, but we don't have that tradition of, of mentorship. And in all fairness, you know, a kitchen is not necessarily a place that someone can just walk into and like, oh, hey, I'm just here to help out. And it doesn't really work that way because of the, the, the time crush that's on it and what's there, right? And so, um, you know, th there's got to be a way to, to, to bring that, that mentorship together to bring that next generation through. So speaking of mentorship, you know, if you were to talk to students that are considering taking a career in the culinary arts, you know, what... Are the qualities that they need to have to truly have success in a program so you got to love it I mean it's got to be in you it's, it's like like you know uh, Ray Charles said you know they, they asked him before his death like well, aren't you ever gonna stop playing music he's like I can't it's in me it'd be like you're asking me to stop breathing right it's in me it's got to get out right it's, it's part of who I am it's part of my makeup I'm a so first of all it's got to be in you it's, it's either in you or not to cook right and so so that's first be passionate about it be absolutely passionate about it um, so I would say that's number one. Two is 
maniacal attention to detail and, and urgency around it. I mean, it's like you, you really got to focus in on what you're doing. And, and, and the term that I like to use is it, it's almost like there's some kind of internal clock in your head. So it's like you've got to really think in 3D. Like, you, you know, um, if, if, if you can't decide in the 11th hour that you got to bring a pot of water to a boil to finish your pasta. You know, so it's like, no, no, that's got to be simmering in the back of the stove the entire time. So when I'm ready to flash something and then I just need to dunk my pasta, I'm ready to go. And so it's like seeing that holistically, like things moving, almost like a 3D Rubik's Cube or whatever it is, you know, that's things, you know, that, that I think are important. So anything you can do to get your mind thinking around that or, or building up that skill set of, of, of where you're, you're, you're thinking about several different things happening at one time. I'm giggling to myself as you're saying that because I'm going, oh my God, if someone could take a picture of my brain when I'm doing things like this, it's right. like a scattered table of sticky notes right. where one sticky note gets moved to, all the way to the right, right and you're moving pieces right. like a chessboard. Right. I'm going to bring this back and yeah, yes, and I can't forget But there is something about being able to conceptualize yep. everything from start to finish that's so around. important. Yeah. And it's... and. And, and I think part of that, Chef, comes from, like, the passion about it. And so, like, I think if you're really passionate about something, you start noticing all the inner workings and inner movements of something naturally. Or you're naturally curious about it because you have an interest and a passion in it and you want to get around it. And so you see it, you know. And so, you know, like, I, I, I think one of the under the, the underappreciated things in all of sports is footwork. Talking about an athlete's two feet. And, and the footwork is so important in whatever sport it is. And so, but people don't usually watch that. They're watching the ball or they're watching where the ball's going or whatever it is. It's like there's this whole orchestration of footwork that has so much time and energy and practice that have gone into it. Same thing in the kitchen, right? And the, the kitchen, when you see a team of chefs who really vibe together, mm -hmm. it is like watching a ballet. It is. It's incredible how yeah. they can move and maneuver around each other and what can happen in everything's the hot and everything's sharp right so yes like, yeah. <laughs> well I think that Noki's pretty hot right now and I'm super excited about the opportunities can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and how they can join the program or uh, visit the pop-up yeah I don't know that they need to know anymore about me so 30 <laughs> minutes is enough uh, but no go to our website noki.org um, and you've got a link there for Sai. you can make a reservation which we strongly, um, we strongly urge. The menu's online too. You can see what Chef was talking about. But again, you know, this is only for a limited time, so it only runs till mid-February. So you definitely want to jump on it and get there. And if you have an interest in joining our culinary program, our next cohort starts in April. So now's the time to learn. And for those who are just interested in cooking, are there some opportunities for them? Absolutely. To so we have enthusiast classes, and we also have professional development. So someone that may be in the industry that needs to polish some skills. We have all that. There's links on our website for that as well. Well, fabulous. Thank you so much for joining me today. Y'all, uh, my listeners out there, we have been at Noki recording live in their studio today with uh, Gerald Duhan, and he is the new executive director. You've got to go check out what is happening at Noki. Come to the pop-up and really help to build this culture of teaching and food in New Orleans so that we can have that community that New Orleans reigns and shines around the world. So thank you for joining me today. My listeners, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.